Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. And Robert, say hi, Robert. Hi, Robert. <laughs> My I knew that was coming. Yep, I know. <laughs> I was waiting for it. My esteemed co-host, right there, and we are also joined by our periodic special guest co-host, five-time world kickboxing champion, Kathy Long. Cat, how you doing today? I am excellent. I've had a great day today. Awesome. Very good. How's the weather down there, by the way, you guys? It's, it's, well, uh, I was up in I was up in Big Bear in the morning with a very dear uh-huh. friend of mine and his wife. Um, uh-huh. So we hiked for a little while in the morning and then came down to Palm Desert and hung out uh-huh. by a pool at a friend's house. And now I'm talking to you. It's all good. Oh, right on. That sounds like a beautiful day. And I guess it's hot nice, in Bob's yeah. neck of the woods. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Over Man, what? What? <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna be down there at the beginning of July. I wonder what the weather's gonna be like. Am I gonna melt? Is the Seattle chicken? Don't melt? bring a jacket. How's that? Hey, Rusty. Rusty. Yeah. Yeah. Do not bring a jacket. Whatever you do, unless you go into an air-conditioned building. <laughs> but what I do recommend is you bring lots of sunscreen. Bring a little mister, a little cooling bandana, um, because it will be anywhere from 110 to 123. Holy! <laughs> Whoa! You can look it up. Oh, yeah, I, I will. <laughs> wow! You know what's funny is that I have I, I have uh, wardrobe specifically for only when I go down to Burbank. <laughs> I don't wear any no, of that. Not. I don't wear. <laughs> I don't wear these the, the the these particular shorts and pants any other day, unless I go down to Burbank or L.A. In well, the summer. <laughs> I'm talking. I was talking about uh, Palm Desert, where I am at the moment. Oh, uh huh. Man, 120. Good lord. <laughs> I'm gonna. Look, yeah. I'll look that up. I'll look that up during the break. Palm Desert. That's. That's hot. All right. Oh my goodness. Well, I want to remind our listeners out there that when they when our phone lines open at about six thirty, our our discussion tonight will be about self defense. Anything and everything self defense. So if you've got any questions about self defense or if you'd like to add your thoughts, give us a call at three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. We also have a chat board on the blog talk radio show marquee. So if you click the link that you see on Facebook or Twitter or wherever else, um, you'll actually go to Blog Talk Radio, our actual show marquee. And if you scroll on, scroll underneath the marquee, you'll see a chat board. You can type there. Or if you see it on Facebook, just type in the comments on my latest status update on my profile. 
and you can type questions and stuff like that. But hey, you know, it's more fun to call in. We've got me and Bob and Kathy. So call in and say hi a little bit later. All right. So let's move on. Let's go to Bob as far as uh, what you're up to lately, man. Uh, okay. So here goes. Remember, you introduced me to Waze when I was up to see you in, in November. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Waze was giving me the problem, so I. I switched over to Google Maps again. Now, today, somehow, I accidentally turned on Waze. This happened about okay. two hours ago. I'm driving uh-huh. down, the, I'm driving north on the 5 freeway, and I go to change lanes. Do you know how Waze warns you about certain things? Cops, potholes, cars, yeah. etc. Yeah. I was changing lanes and nearly crapped myself because, and I'm wearing my Bluetooth, I go to switch lanes, and this thing in my head goes, watch out. What? <laughs> I thought, <laughs> there's a car stalled uh, on the shoulder ahead. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I instantly thought about you. I've, I've, I've never gotten the watch out. I've gotten the... You know, right I'm right when I was changing lanes, and it went into my ear, and I swerved back. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten the watch and, out. I've gotten caution. There's a car on the shoulder ahead, but not no, the watch This out. one actually said, watch out. There's a car oh, sto- uh, stopped on shoulder. Bob, oh, are you funny. sure that you had the ways on? Are you sure? I did. Just voices in I, your head. Well, not, now yes, that I've talked to you, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, you know, we think your guide was talking to you. Watch out! <laughs> so, and, you know, as a, as a husband, Rusty, 30-plus years with a grandchild, with two kids, we don't exactly say the things that are conducive at the time to be friendly to our spouse <laughs> because guys are kind of stupid that way. So yesterday, my my wife and I are getting coffee, and she, she says, "You can't wear that shirt. She can't. You can't wear that shirt. It's wrinkled. It was a t-shirt. I don't know you're in my t-shirt. I'm going out and picking up pastors. I said, "Honey, the pastors I pick up don't care if I have a wrinkled shirt or not. Honestly." And she looks at me and she says, "Now you're just being condescending to me." And I I looked her right in the eye and said, "I am." <laughs> 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 I went, damn, I said that out loud, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, if you want to if you want to live longer. <laughs> oh, I've I've had no okay life. I just <laughs> I just say stuff that pops into my head. Oh, that's and another thing, you know, as a Lyft driver, I've got to start taking more pictures of my passengers. You know, I've had T V stars, I had Adult film stars, I've had, you know, uh, last week I had a Playboy bunny in my car. <laughs> i got to start taking some selfies with these people. <laughs> don't, was, forget to get, don't forget to get their permission first, because I don't want them coming after the show if you post something. I know, like right? Serious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> this is Bob's life. See, you know, Kat had this really great afternoon, and here's Bob's life. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I went out to the dog park with my buddies. <laughs> I had a great afternoon. And here's Bob's line. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's move on. Let's go to announcements and events. So Bob, what do you have on your end there, buddy? Well, let me open my notes. I opened the wrong thing. Let's see. Well, two weeks oh, we wait, have stop. a very what? Stop. You missed something, didn't you? What? We did birthdays. I'm I'm on crack. Here we go. Birthdays. Yes. Yes. Okay, six twenty six. We've got Julie Tuttle. Six twenty eight. We've got Mark Hoadley and Joe Ordaz. Woohoo. Six twenty nine. We've got the legendary Mike Stone. Six thirty. We've got Kimberly Canals, and on seven two, we've got John Crang. And who do we have on your side? On my side, I've got my niece down in Elk Grove, California, Kehlani Chin, um, a, an old friend of mine from when I used to work in the corporate world, Dawn Redbear. Uh, her birthday is also this week. A very skilled whip maker, um, and I'm expecting a, a beautiful uh, paracord whip from her, Bobby Holyoke. Her birthday is also this week. Um, and I want to uh, place a shout out to a couple of people that had their birthdays yesterday. Uh, I want to send a shout out to Michael Reed. Um, he was one of my uh, inductees in the Masters Hall of Fame last year. Um, and also to Marie Burns, who recently found me on Facebook. Mar- I, I got to tell you guys about Marie. I absolutely love this woman. She uh, became the care, the day caregiver for my mother uh, when my mother was bedridden um, since uh, February. Or yeah, March. Sorry, March. Um, and uh, my cousin and I interviewed like three different caregivers, and none of them, you know, had the same. How do it, none of them resonated with uh, with us, um, especially my cousin who um, who you know wanted to make sure that it that the caregiver resonated with my mom, right? And we finally got Marie. And from from the first day she came, I absolutely loved her. She was genuine. She was genuinely caring for my mom, not just doing her job. You know what I'm saying? And um, just an all-around great person. So I just want to wish Marie a very happy birthday. So, yay. That's my shout-out for her. And, Kathy, do you know anyone this week that's having a birthday? Uh, No. My well, wait. My my brother uh, is having his birthday on the twenty ninth. Right on. There we go. Yeah. Very cool. The Very only cool. other person I know <laughs> <laughs> that has a birthday. All right. So for everyone having a birthday from um, the twenty sixth through July second, I think it's the second through July second. This tune is for you. We sing happy birthday to you, and may all your dreams come true. Happy, happy birthday.
notes more often <laughs> yes <laughs> all right so bob floor is yours buddy two weeks from yesterday we have dragon fest july Woo-hoo. 9th 2016 from 11 a.m to 6 p.m it's going to be held at the airtel plaza conference center and hotel at 7277 val avenue van nuys california 91406 their number to call is 818-997-7676. Tickets from this point forward will only be available at the door. They will be $25 for adults, $5 for children. Now, right this is going to be a, 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 a great year for us because we've had a renaissance going on with the show. We mm-hmm. now have a new logo that was designed by next week's guest, Michael Matsuda. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a backdrop for all the the ongoers to to have their picture taken with with the legendary kickboxing champion Kathy Long, and then there's of course us. But nobody ever wants mm-hmm. their picture taken with us. We're going to have Kathy with us. But <laughs> along with those, uh, did you on, like guys. that one? Did you like that? Photo, we're going to photo bomb every picture she's in. <laughs> every every oh, picture. Yeah, please. Just invite your friends to photo vomit. Every, every yeah. one of them. Yeah, let's let's photo let's, complete with bunny ears and everything. Okay, <laughs> go on, Bob. Nice. Every, now, with some of the special guests are going to be the Sumo Federation, Hyperactive Monkey, uh, Anime. There's going to be Ed Parker, uh, the Chemist with Art Camacho, the Martial Arts Kid, Don Wilson, Tradition Shirts, which will be right next to us, James Wilson, the Real Miyagi film, Fumio Demora. John Crane Productions, Kane Mast with Mark Shuey, even though Mark will not be there, one of his students will be coming down. Dana Abbott, uh, Dana Stamos. Now, Dana. here's the members from the, from the film of The Karate yeah. Kid. Ron Thomas, Martin Cove, Billy Zapka, Tony O'Dell. Those were all from the Cobra Kai Dojo. Don Baird will also be there. Uh, oh, there's Cassie Long right there. ASA Martial Arts. Danny Trejo, Steve Odekirk, Robin Shaw, Don Dragon Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, Sasha Mitchell, Spice Williams from Star Trek, Doug Wong, Kung Fu Legend, G.I. Joe 2, Carrie Ogawong, Lethal Weapon, Albert Leong, James Liu, Gerald Akamura, Eric Lee, Peter Kwong, Simon, Simon Reese, Shoney B, Debbie Goodman, Bill Morris, Malaya Bernal, Brian hey. Garrett. I do understand that Simon Reed may or may not be there. Okay. And there is a bunch more. Sidekick TV, Dynamic Dojo, Valley Martial Arts, 
uh, Saul Kowalu, Michelle Manu, Revenge of the Ninja, Jalen Mungs, Jennifer New, Grace Ciel Casillas, Takabota, Buxam Kong, Robert Parham, Kill Instruments, and Jason Sterling, just to name a few. Wow. That's, you know, I am That's so excited to see day. everybody. I'm so excited. Because it's like, you know, I only get to see these people once a year, right? It's like, you guys live in California. <clears throat> you guys see these people all the time. And it's like, <clears throat> I... It's like I am so looking forward to seeing Daryl, Michelle, Gracie, the whole nine yards. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be so awesome. So get your tickets, folks. There's still time, but you can only get them at the door. Bam! There you go. Nice All cover. All right. Yep. I've got an announcement. <laughs> this one, this announcement isn't until August. So, uh, it, well, the event isn't until August. August thirteenth. A Night to Remember, the Cynthia Rothrock Celebrity Roast, uh, August 13th, 6.30 to 11.30 p.m. at the Ayers Hotel, Manhattan Beach, and that's located at 14400 Hindry Avenue in Hawthorne, California. I have no idea where that is. Where is Hawthorne in relation to uh, L.A.? <laughs> where is it? 40, it's about 40 minutes south of me. Oh, not bad at all, because I'm thinking of coming down for that. And the the roast is hosted by none other than Malia Bernal. Um, the details on this event say, quote, come join us for this classic formal event with a social hour from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Dinner from 7.45 to 9 p.m. in the beautiful Matisse restaurant located in the Ayers Hotel, followed by the fun and surprise-filled roast that will start promptly at 9 p.m. Now, um, this is hosted, well, the event host herself is Malia Bernal, but the event itself is organized by Events Unlimited. So if you want to buy tickets to to this, tickets are still available. I don't know how many. I better get on the ball if I want to go to this. Um, If you want to go to this, just go to Facebook and look up A Night to Remember Cynthia Rothrock, and you'll be able to find all the information on that. Very cool. There's that. Now let's turn the mic over to Kathy. Do you have any upcoming events, seminars, or travel plans, or anything like that, Kat? I've got a seminar in um, Scottsdale or Phoenix, that that, that cool. area, uh, in July, the 15th and 16th. Oh, very 15th, cool. 15th and 17th, yeah. Um, and at the moment, that's all I have planned. But that right you know on. everything everything's subject to change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without notice, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, is this a closed seminar or is uh the general public as far as martial artists are they invited to this seminar also? Is it an open seminar? The, the general public is definitely invited. Very and, cool. Um if anyone would like information, just have them uh um I can give them my number to call, or should I just tell them to reach out to me on Facebook? Yeah, Facebook would probably be a uh, a good thing. So, yeah, Facebook so you is. hear that, folks? If you want to get information about this seminar in Phoenix slash Scottsdale in July 15th, 16th, 17th, just uh, reach out to Kathy on her Facebook page. Right on. Very cool. <laughs> Okay, any more? Let's see. I'm looking at my notes here. Huh. Well, I guess not. (laughs) All right. Well, with that said, with all the announcements out of the way, let's go to the health tips corner. All right. 
Now, did you know that there are some pain relief tricks, odd pain relief tricks that really work? They're actually backed by science. There's 12 of them, and I won't go through too many. I'll, I'll, just, do, I'll just do like six of them. So, <laughs> now, you know, pain, you know, pain is pain, and, you know, whether or not you get stung by a bee or stub your toe or anything like that, pain is, is a part of our everyday lives. Um, but, you know what, it turns out, though, that you don't have to rely on over-the-counter medications all the time. Uh, science and research have revealed some quirky but effective natural ways to reduce those little aches and pains without popping a pill. Number one, this is number one, shout a four-letter word. No joke. Next time you take a spill, don't hold your tongue. Swearing, swearing can increase your tolerance for discomfort, found British researchers. People who could keep their hands submerged 35% longer in a tub of ice-cold water when they repeated an epithet in lieu of a more acceptable word. (laughs) Swearing may trigger a series of physical and hormonal reactions that ease the sting of an injury. There you go. So, Bob, you'd be really good at that. (laughs) You know what happened? Last time I saw Kathy, I, compl- I complained. I said, Kathy, I've got a headache. So what'd she do? She kicks me right in the groin and she says, how's your head now? <laughs> I forgot all about my headache. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> That's a distraction. <laughs> I must say, I, I can be really good at the swearing part, depending. <laughs> all right, number two, flip through photos. Scanning your phone for loving faces before an uncomfortable test, like like a medical procedure, may make it more bearable. Women who viewed pictures of their partners during a lab test reported less pain than those who looked at an inanimate object. I can't even say the word inanimate. There we go. A loving face may spur the release of chemicals that shut down pain processing areas of the brain. Number three, drum up a steamy well, wait a fantasy. Minute, what? What about the what about the girls who keep pictures of exes on their phone? That may cause the pain to be even worse. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Do, do girls do girls still do that? I thought that was something that went out when I was in high school or something. Do girls still do that? I don't know. I can't remember that far back. I just, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So yeah, I yeah, I guess that, that that would make the pain worse having an X on your phone. Number three, dream up a steamy fantasy. Let your mind wander to those sexy encounters to offset acute aches and pains. In one Johns Hopkins study, participants could withstand more pain and experience less anxiety during a lab experiment when their minds meandered to something spicy compared with other people who thought about more vanilla topics. Such fantasy distracts you from the pain, and it reduces anxiety and relaxes you, says co-author Hamid Hekmat. All right. Number four. Now we're talking. Take deep, slow breaths. People whose breathing rates are slowed by half reported significantly less discomfort during a pain-inducing experiment. Okay, so there are experiments where they actually purposefully induce pain. Okay. (laughs) 
Measured breathing can help deactivate your body's fight or flight response to pain. It can also be a good distraction. So learn Qigong, folks. Okay. The last one I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about is meditation. You want to meditate a little bit every day, wind down before bed with a few minutes of calm. People who meditate regularly have thicker areas of the cortex. That's the part of the brain that affects pain sensitivity than those who don't. Now, Canadian research found this out and uh, there's more information on this, but I'll go ahead and include this. Um, in the post that I'm going to put on the Dynamic uh, Dojo Facebook page. So just a few days of meditation practice may be enough to boost your pain tolerance. So that's it for some of the health tips for today. Yay. So I guess now it's time to, yay, I guess now it's time to go to Weird News. Weird News. What do we have for Weird News? I found this kind of funny. You know how at the end huh. of uh, Tony Robbins' uh, seminars, he has their he has the participants walk on hot coals. Right, I actually right. know people who've done that, right? right? Well, more than thirty people have been treated for burns in Texas after a famous motivational speaker encouraged them to walk on hot coals to conquer their fears. Five oh people my. were taken to the hospital on Thursday night, while several else were treated at the scenes for burns on their feet and lower extremities. Dallas Fire officials said they were attending Tony Robbins' four-day seminar, Unleash the Power Within, at mm, the K. Uh-huh. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center. In a statement provided to KTVT-TV, organizers said about 7,000 people had walked on the coals. One of the patients hmm. treated at the coal walk in Dallas. They said only five have requested, have requested examination beyond what was readily available on site. Tad Shinsky, an event trainer, told WFAA-TV, we always have a few people that have some discomfort afterwards, and we do our best to take care of them. On Robin's website, the event schedule outlines the turn fear into power portion of the event. Storm across a bed of hot coals, the website says. Once you start doing what you thought was impossible, you'll conquer the other fires of your life with ease. That's true. What do you think, Rusty? That do you think so? What, See, you, I'm, I'm going to be the motivational speaker that asks the people to to, to walk across the coal, trip them, and have them do a face plant. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, okay. So, okay. Well, so what we're saying is that several people got injured. They injured their feet during the coal walk, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh man. Well, the the qigong part of me says that somehow, some way, they just lost track of where of where they were concentrating on, um, or they actually lifted some of the coal up with the top of their foot, but. Who knows? It, you know, in the, I tend to believe that it's a, it's a matter of like, you know, mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's so, yeah, that's right. To go, along, to go along with that, what's important for people to understand is that their beliefs are oftentimes far stronger than um, – anything else because if they believe that they step on hot coals and they will hurt their feet it doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. they're listening to it doesn't matter who's talking to them 
But if they somewhere, if they even have the slightest bit of doubt as they're walking yes. across the coals, their feet will burn, period. Right. Yes. True. Yes. That doubt doubt so have, is one of those. You have to believe things. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You have to believe. I you know, I don't know how many times I've held boards for for people and at that last second you can feel them doubt. You can feel them go scared and then you hear that ugly thunk, you know, and, and then you and then you go, Oh no, that's not gonna feel good. You know, and and that just it, it just and that just brings you down. And then, you know, unless they can really come back from that and, and break the board, but, you know, all it takes is just that one second of doubt. That's it. Just one fleeting second. Because you're, man, you know, like Kat says, you know, your belief, your, your, the, the way your mind perceives belief, it's, it's reality. So, you know, it's, you know, your body will follow reality. Well, yeah, <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah, awesome. no, I mean, in that respect, if you can free your mind, your ass will follow, right? Right, so right. The most important thing is to free, free everything in that respect and know that, you know, there are people who talk about miracles that happen, uh, people levitating, people, you know, defying, uh, not only defying gravity, but, you know, being able to put their hands inside people without cutting them open mm-hmm. and, you know, repairing injuries in their in their bodies without uh-huh. ever cutting them open. And there are those who say, yeah, okay, I can see how that's possible. But when you hear them even say that, there is a, there is a modicum of doubt. They say, well, yeah. I don't think that can happen. But oh, they believe it can happen, but they're not, not for them because right. for some reason they're, they don't feel that they're, they're worthy or it's capable for them, possibly for someone else. But either uh-huh. way, they're... There's doubt. Um, the moment you believe that, yes, that can happen, you're open to the possibility, mm-hmm. things things then can change. Exactly. That doesn't mean they will. I mean, honestly, changing your perspective. Exactly. How do you change your perspective? The way you look at things makes all the difference in the world. That I mean, changing your perspective is where the miracles begin. Mm-hmm. That's where everything changes. But... If you are not open enough to do that, it won't happen. Again, for your mind and your ass will follow. Exactly, exactly. If there's one thing that my mom did teach me and my sister, it's, well, pretty much exactly what you said. She never put it, you know, your ass will follow that way, that kind of thing. But <laughs> she always she always said you have to, not you have to, you know, if you believe and you can't say, and and she said, you just can't say, I believe you in your heart fully, you have, you know, you must believe. And I've seen things that I can't explain. My mom do. I can't explain it. Right. And it's, it's, it, it's incredible stuff. And that's, you know, that's what she meant. If you want, you know, what, and she's, and she says what, what people call miracles, because when when she says that she, she sees well, when she was when she was a practicing healer, everything she saw was a miracle. So when she said what other people call a miracle, you know, she's talking about, you know, the big events, that kind of thing, you know. So, you know, she said, you know, if you want miracles to happen, you have to be pure in what you believe, not, you know, I want this because that, you know. And it took a, it took a while for my sister and I to figure that out. Uh, but very true. 
awesome. Yeah. Well, you always thought it was a miracle how fast she grabbed that tennis racket to whip your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> that's a miracle. <laughs> that gets a that gets a good shot. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yes, she defies the laws of speed, right? <laughs> right. It defies the laws of physics. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> so, so, well, that's too bad that they that they hurt themselves. Um, actually, it, that is too bad. Anyhow, all right. Let's move on. Let's go to entertainment news. All right, Bob. Okay, have you heard the latest that Led Zeppelin had to go to court because they claimed that Jimmy Page, or I forget who claimed, had ripped off the guitar riff and Stairway to Heaven? Well, their front man, Robert Plant, took a victory lap after jurors sided with his legendary band in the battle over Stairway to Heaven. Plant and guitarist Mm -hmm. Jimmy Page testified in the trial where they were accused of ripping off part of the Stairway to Heaven Stairway guitar riff. From the band, from the band Spirit, but this was oh okay that's what it was from the band Spirit, but right. this was the first time we saw them saw him outside the courthouse. <laughs> Just a few hours after the jury ruled in, in Zeppelin's favor on Thursday, Plant headed to LAX and got the let out of town. He wasn't real chatty, but made sure to show his appreciation to the court's decision. Good for mm. them. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was listening to the radio last week and I heard a side by side comparison of this song by spirit and the, the Led Zeppelin song. And they were, they were like very alike. I mean, so alike where you would think that the spirit band uh, song was stairway to heaven, but it was different enough. It was different enough. So, and then, you know, and there's also that thing. I think oh, it ahead. might even go beyond that. Beyond that, to a classical piece, I think, um, written in probably the seventeen eighteen hundreds, that is very similar to that, and I think that's where they got that piece in the first place. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, there. I could have sworn also that there was another. Um, there was another court battle of some sort about. Um, the uh, tune that goes around My Sweet Lord that uh, George Harrison did. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, right. yeah, yeah, and I, I don't remember what the song was that people were saying, oh, he took it from this song, um, but it was by a girl group, kind of like the Supremes, but but yeah, that's, uh, but you know, I mean, with thousands of years of music, you know, millions upon, you know, if not, you know, tens of millions of different tunes, including, you know, uh, tribal songs and stuff like that. There's bound to be similarities, right? (laughs) There's there's bound to be. Yep. All right. Well, what do we have next on our docket here? Oh, my goodness. We've got Rusty Bob. Whoa. That was really loud. <laughs> random, random thoughts from left field. So, what is random thoughts from left field? You know how sometimes you just kind of 
go through your day and you end up with just this weird thought that pops into your head. And today I thought, now just where did the ch- where did the chicken cross the road joke come from? I wanted to know that riddle. Why did the chicken cross the road? Where did it come from? Well, I was that curious, so I looked it up. And it turns out that the joke itself, we don't know who invented it, but the joke itself was published in a New York magazine in 1847 in a magazine called The Knicker Boxer. Why did the chicken cross the road? And, of course, we know the punchline to get to the other side, right? But what would happen if we took that riddle and it was answered by some well-known personalities so let's go to bob's well-known personalities how would these how would your people answer this riddle how why did the chicken cross the road did we lose bob (laughs) there we go there we go are you saying i'm schizophrenic cats accuse me of having voices go through my head and you're 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 saying i have multiple personalities Stop it. No, I won't. Stop it. No, I won't. See Your people. Yeah. Your people. I have people, too. My people. Ralph Waldo Emerson. It didn't cross the road. It transcended it. (laughs) I like that one. Albert Einstein. Whether the chicken crossed the road or the road crossed the chicken depends on uh, upon the frame of, of reference. <laughs> Charles Darwin. It was the logical next step after coming down from the trees. <laughs> oh, this has to be my favorite one. I, Bill Clinton. I did not have sexual relations with that chicken. <laughs> oh, wrong one. Sorry. <laughs> yes, but with that, I do have a joke. Did you okay. hear that Chelsea, that Chelsea Clinton, their daughter, went up to her mother and said, Mom, I've got a new boyfriend. She said, I swear to God, this works. <laughs> she said, Mom, I've got a new boyfriend. She, uh, Hillary said, are you having sex She's Chelsea looks at her and says, "Not according to Dad." <laughs> you know, I, I'm just gonna go on as if nothing was said. <laughs> okay. okay, actually, Bill Clinton says, "Define road." That's <laughs> just about as funny. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so I, I've got I've got a few people too. Why did the chicken cross the road? Well, according to Julius Caesar, to come, to see, and to conquer. Why did the chicken cross the road? According to Sigmund Freud, the fact that you are at all concerned about why the chicken crossed the road reveals your underlying sexual insecurity. <laughs> oh my God. Robert Frost, the chicken crossed the road to cross the road less traveled by. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. And I think that's it for me. I think Kat's got some people too. Okay. I have Bill Gates. 
I have okay. just released a new Chicken 2000, which will not only cross roads, but it will lay eggs, file important documents, and balance your checkbook. Of course, you'll have to purchase Microsoft Road. <laughs> yes. It will download or, for free on your computer for three months. That's right. <laughs> or Captain James Tiberius Kirk, to boldly go where no chicken has gone before. Okay. Is it time for calls yet? <laughs> What's that? Is it time for calls yet? It, it, it will. I know. Almost. Don't quit your day job, Almost. Rusty. I know. Don't quit your day job. Almost. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Kat. Sorry. <laughs> Shall I read another? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Yeah, one more. Richard, okay, Richard Nixon. The chicken did not cross the road. I repeat, the chicken did not cross the road. <laughs> And Bob, what are, you've got? I think you got one more, the grandpa one. <laughs> yeah, and why she gave that to me, I'll never know. Yeah, why did the chicken cross grand- the road? My father used to do this to me. I, 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 I swore when my kids were little, I would never do this to them, and I've done this. Your grandpa, in my day, we didn't ask why the chicken crossed the road. Someone told us that the chicken had crossed the road. And that was good enough for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's that's awesome. So that was it for that was it for the random thoughts. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Don't go away, folks. We're gonna take a little break. <laughs> I'm going to get off the Star Trek theme here. And when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about self-defense. So give us a call, 347-677-0699. If you want to speak live with me and Bob and Kathy, just press 1 on your keypad, and you will be put in the caller queue, and we'll know that uh, you want to talk live with us. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right back in about 3 minutes and 40 seconds. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words, which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. 
please don't show acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children. And we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial arts. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rita Robert and Kathy Long. Um, our phone number here is 347-677-0699. Our discussion topic tonight is self-defense. So if you would like to join in on this conversation, if you have something to add, or if you have a question about self-defense, feel free to give us a call, 347 347- Six seven seven zero six nine nine, and don't forget to press one if you'd like to talk to us. I see a whole slew of people on my studio board right now, <clears throat> but you know, unless you press one, I'm just going to assume that you're listening, um, and I'll just leave your mic alone. So, uh, but if you want to talk with us, press one. All right. Well, we somebody press one. <laughs> so let's uh, go ahead. I know. Let's go ahead and start the topic of self-defense rolling. We've got area code 818. Area code 818. Who are we speaking with? Hi, this is Patty. Hi, Patty. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Really good. Thanks for calling Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. I've got a question for Kat. Sure. Okay. Shoot. Well, Kat, Kat, I have this experience. I was having sex with my girlfriend. And she started biting me really hard all over, and she was on top of me, and I couldn't get her off of me, and I just didn't know what to do. Finally, I kicked her off the bed, but, I mean, what would you do in a case like that? What, your hands are kind of tied, you know? <clears throat> okay. Um... All yours, cat. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I'm 
sorry. I had to mute my mic while I was talking to myself. The conversation wasn't going well for me. Oh, Patty, do you want to? Be, we need we need you as a guest co-host too. Thank you. All right. I'm gonna if she's on top, listen, if she's on top of you and she's biting you and you're not liking it, things that you yes. can do, wind, the windpipe for one and the eyes are two very vulnerable targets. If you really want them to stop, I would strike them into the windpipe and push them off you. That's one of the best ways. Because the body naturally reacts away from pain. It doesn't go into it. So if, you're, if you hit somebody in the windpipe, or you stick your fingers knuckle deep in their eye, and let me say that again, knuckle deep in their eye, they will get away from you as quickly as possible. Okay. So well, that's well, that's, that's going to ruin the mood now, you. isn't it? Well, it depends. <laughs> I mean, if they're if they're hurting you and and they're not that's stopping, true. There is no more and they're crossing mood. that line. Exactly. That's that's a that's yeah. a mood breaker right there. So right. you know, the the most important thing to understand about self defense in that situation is you have to be willing to cause that person pain. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're going to get abused. You're going to get hurt. You're going to, they're going to take advantage of you. You have to be willing to do it. Secondly is knowing the anatomy, knowing where the vulnerable targets are and knowing how to strike them effectively. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. let me ask you this. I mean, she wanted, she wanted to put handcuffs on me. Then what would I have done? You know what I mean? Well, you have to use your, your best judgment on that one. I mean, is this somebody that you trust and would let do that and know that they wouldn't hurt you? And if you don't trust them, if you have that e- even an inkling of a doubt, don't do it. That's great advice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. I'll see you in Phoenix. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, Patty. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Thanks, Patty. Now, you know, <laughs> I didn't quite know how to react to that question when she first asked it. But, you know, I mean, in reality, though, everything that Kat said, folks, it makes sense. You know, the body goes away from pain, not toward it. Windpipe, great target. Knuckle deep in the eyeballs. That's a, that's a fight stopper right there. So, you know, uh, if we take that advice and uh, and apply it to, to any you know, situation where there, where you had not authorized contact, then that's what you do. I mean, it it makes, it makes sense. It it makes sense. Now, um, self-defense things to different people. So, you know, with that, with that, with that said, I've talked to many people and I've asked, I've asked them, Hey, you know, how would you define self-defense? Right. So I'm curious as to how you guys would define self-defense. So let's start with Bob. The protection Bob, of un- yourself. Well, I'm, unmute what? Your mic. what? <laughs> I was going to say, oh, unmute man. your mic. <laughs> Bob. Okay. Are you hearing I'm, voices I'm not muted. Are you hearing okay, voices ahead. in your head, Bob? Okay. No, self-defense, the, the, uh, uh, to to safely protect yourself and others, meaning your friends, your family, protecting each other from harm. Mm-hmm. Self protection, self defense go go hand in hand. Mhm, that's true. And Kat, how would you, if someone were to ask you, you know, what's self defense? What would you say? And I know it's a loaded question, isn't it? It's <laughs> well, 
you have to understand that if you if you choose to you know react to a situation i mean it, 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 there's attacks of all different kinds um, right there's attacks physical emotionally mentally um you know, there's there. It depends a lot on the situation. But when you got two egos who are attacking each other, nothing nothing good will come of that. So exactly. You know, do you, if you defend yourself physically, if you're being attacked and you defend yourself physically and you're able to get away and you you come away basically unscathed, you know, there's still the psychological damage of that. Right. You know that that's not necessarily. I mean, yeah, you've defended yourself successfully, but. You know, where does that leave you in an emotional state? I mean, what kind of if somebody's abs- absolutely willing to cross the line and cause you bodily damage, you know, and, and when you when you reciprocate in kind, you know, violence to another person is never is never something that feels wonderful. I mean, there are a lot of right. people who say, "Yeah, I kicked his ass. I kicked his ass because he deserved it." Of mm-hmm. course, there are people who who um, need to understand, and sometimes they can't understand any other way. Um, right. <laughs> but how do you determine mm-hmm. that in just a few seconds? Generally, yeah. things like that come from years of knowing the person or, or understanding who they are and what they're about. But mm-hmm. I digress. So you're asking about the question of self-defense. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I would defend. I, I would describe self-defense as defending yourself in a way, defending yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, not just not just one. Mm-hmm. Mind, body, spirit, all of it. Exactly. <clears throat> Very cool. I was uh I was brought up with the uh with the idea that self defense um is a situation where someone else chooses the time and the place and the opportunity to cause you emotional um or physical harm. Um then there's self protection because uh, that's a self-defense situation, right, where someone else makes the choice to to cause you harm and chooses when to do it, why to do it, and all that other kind of stuff. Self-protection, as Bob said, goes hand-in-hand hand with self-defense. And I, you know, I tend to um, use the two terms because I, I tend to think that the, the term self-defense can be broad, like you said, Kat, because there's, like, so many different ways of attack. There's so many different ways of defense. There's, you know, there's the, men- uh, the mental ramifications, the physiological reactions and stuff like that. Um, Self-protection, however, is that I believe that that um, uh, that situation where you use whatever is in your environment or on your person to repel what attack is coming toward you. And it doesn't matter if it's emotional. It doesn't matter if it's um, an emotional attack or a physical attack. You use whatever is, you know, with you to uh, defend, to ward off that attack. But a lot of, uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, though, you know, you get people that, you know, have, um, you know, a different definition of self-defense. And they will literally, like, break people's heads just because somebody like looked at them wrong. I mean, in situations like that, I mean, you know, what, what uh, would you Rusty, guys have we to all say? Know, we all know that's not self-defense. That's called reacting. That. Right. You can right. react to something and that's your ego jumping in and taking over, or you can stop, listen, think about it for a second and try to respond in a more, in a healthier way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is, you know, obviously if you're going to jump on somebody's case for looking at you cross-eyed, then there's obviously something with you, not with them. Exactly. It's always about you, and not them. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I brought that up because, you know, I was, I was driving down the, I was driving down Rainier Beach, uh, which is, you know, the, the hood in Seattle, right? And there's, there's a four block, four block radius where it's the hood. So I'm driving through. I mean, I used to grow up in, I grew up in the general area, so I'm really not afraid of going through there. But, you know, I was sitting at a stoplight and I saw two, two teenagers just going at it. They, they were screaming at each other at a bus stop. You know, why you want why you want to mug me? You're going to step up, man. You're going to step up. Of course, you know, the N words like flying all over the place. You're going to step up. Why you mug me, man? You show me some respect. And I was like, holy shit. You know, uh, you know, people are all tripping out about respect and, and threatening to like beat people's heads in. And, you know, the reason why I brought that up is I wanted the youth that are listening now to, to, to hear what you had to say about that cat, because, you know, all of us here on this radio show know that isn't self-defense. That's yeah, an emotional no, reaction. But at the same time, not only is it an emotional reaction, but somewhere in there, each person believes that they don't respect themselves. So they're constantly mm-hmm. looking for out, outer sources and finding respect somewhere else. And, mm-hmm. you know, just their actions alone display that they really don't like themselves, they don't respect themselves, and, you know, they have a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Yep. What about you, Bob? Thoughts on that? What, what about me what? I'm I'm just I'm always texting. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> ding ding. What? What are you? <laughs> Actually, that messenger that went off on your side of the end, that just sort of distracted me, and I just freaked out a little bit. I'm still thinking about that first caller that just had me going into a tailspin. <laughs> you know, cat. When you when you get the phoenix. And you meet up with Patty again. Just, just tell her that she she took me and Bob for a ride there. I was like, "What?" The? I texted Bob, "What the hell?" Is is this psyche damaged? <laughs> Bob is Bob is your psyche damaged? Oh man! Was that was that you know what was so funny though? Cat, but you know what was funny? Cat being the ultimate professional never skipped a beat. Nope. About Never how to defend it against it. Never no. skipped a beat, went right into it. Go for the throat. Go, Go for the it. throat. Go knuckle deep into the eyeballs. I loved it, Kat. I loved it. I I was I had to mute my mic. I, was, <laughs> I did too. <laughs> oh, well, looks like we have another caller. So let's bring this mic up. They pressed one. Um, area code nine zero eight. Nine zero eight, you're on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this? Hi, Senpai. It's John Anamali. How are you doing today? Hey, John. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I actually nicked myself today with the katana a little bit. It was funny. I um, I was just trying to cut the this wooden board because you know I have that other shinkin and the uh, I was testing both of them like which one's cutting better and I came to the right. conclusion today through that exercise that a single core katana is a lot better than a sanmai. <laughs> but I was yeah. uh, cleaning the wood splinters off with my shirt just gently and I yeah just barely cut myself and uh got blood on the sword and it was uh kind of just weird because um 
I don't know, like the the color of blood on the katana is just like, whoa, that's really trippy. So well, yeah. That <laughs> That was pretty yep. cool. Other than that, you, though, did, just been, you uh, did not defend mm. yourself very well against the wood, grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Anyhow, but I, I've been wanting to talk with you and the, the um, Kathy and Bob about something that's been in my head okay. uh, since you mentioned you were going to be discussing self-defense. Okay. And um, these days, when I go out, you know, I carry a shinken with me. But in reality, I know if somebody has an assault rifle across the street. Right. you know if I get shot or I got to do a lot of dodging and, and it gets to the point where it's like I seem to be one of the like you posted this story uh, about a woman being robbed at West Seattle Trader Joe's I've shot mm-hmm. there if I was mm-hmm. parking lot and someone was screaming help me help me I'd be the first to bolt over there and deal with it but it's mm-hmm. like we live in a day and age where people are afraid to be the hero and it's like I feel like as a martial artist and the honor code that I have that it's you know, we've talked about it before. It's important to protect people who can't necessarily protect themselves against mm-hmm. bullies. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm with this most recent shooting in Orlando and then, you know, uh, people getting robbed at Trader Joe's. It's just I, I literally do kind of fear for my life when I go out. I'm always looking mm-hmm. around. I notice that about other people. They're just doing their, oh, I'm on my phone or I'm driving straight. I'm talking to this person, talking to that person. But I'm looking everywhere all the time when we're mm-hmm. driving around because I'm scared and with the the uh with these shootings happening i'm not anti-gun or anti-weapons but it's like i'm not really sure what to do in a situation where if we're driving around now if i'm with my brother he he packs Mm -hmm. the sidearm so it's a different story but when i'm with my mom or if i'm just going to be driving to your dojo i I I don't know what to do if I'm in traffic and somebody gets out of their car and they start shooting at people or what if they get out and they start beating on people's cars? I mean, is it is it my responsibility to get involved? And and if I get involved, I know I'm not going to I don't know what the situation be. Am I going to get killed or am I going to be the hero? You know, and it's just like. I don't know if it's just our country, but I don't know if you paid it, any of you saw, but uh, in Germany there was someone that walked into a movie theater with fake weapons, and the media oh, put it off right. as a gunman you know, went into the theater, and you know the police took him out. Um, and my friend lives in Germany, and he, you know, he's like, oh, the American media is getting the story completely wrong because the first people that published the story were giving wrong information. Um, and I, I honestly do think it's our country, but I don't know why, because I believe in liberty and I believe in, in anybody being able to get whatever weapon they want, so as long as they're not a psycho. But uh, that's my problem, you know. I feel like I'm a little bit limited being adamant about swords and knives, whereas you've got this dude who's crazy about guns and he goes out there on a shooting rampage and it's like, sure, I, well, I want to stop that. They've okay. said for a long time, you never bring a knife to a gunfight. Right. But having said that, having right. said that, you know, you asked earlier, is it is it your responsibility? Well, you have to understand that maybe you were placed there for a reason. If mm-hmm. it's happening around you, you have to go with what's in your heart, and you have to decide from there. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. can't do that, then do nothing. Even that. Well, that tends something. to be. That tends to be what happens. Is I'm the guy with the. I'm the one person around who has the heart and the courage to stop the bad guy. And it's happened before. But Well, then accept it. And if you feel it's the right thing to do, then do it. And, you know, mm-hmm. go, with, go with what your instincts tell you. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't yeah. stop and question. I don't ask. I just, 
I just know that if, if I'm going into action, I don't even have to think about it at that point. It is just something that I that is in in it's something that's been in me for thousands of years, and I'm not kidding. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the way I am and who I am and what I'm about, and I I won't hesitate when it goes to when it comes to something like that, an injustice. I, I'm just I'll just go into action. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to ask myself, oh, should I do that? What should I do? Nope, right. I'm already doing it because that's who I am, well, that, and I've accepted that, that and I understand I'm that. Very similar. But I, I really want to stress the point that what if you're in traffic and someone's just, uh, what is that movie with Michael Douglas? Falling down? You're what if you get a Michael Douglas? Okay, okay. You're stuck in traffic. Does that mean you can't get out of your car? You place it in a park? Get the hell exactly. out of your car? Go into action. If they feel you, that's something you should do, then do it. If you don't, then don't. Sounds good. But you know you're <laughs> there for a reason. You're there mm-hmm. when the scene is happening for a reason. You can question that, and it's too late. Yep. Exactly. Because, like, you know, being in a car, John, being in a car or walking down the street or being in a plane or being on a train, it's the same thing. You know, you could be in traffic. You could be in a train. It it doesn't really matter. (laughs) But pardon me. When the shit goes down, right, pardon the French, when the shit goes down, you know, like Kat says, if you're there, and you're there for that for a reason, you know, it's, you know, basically it's your choice. You know, you, you can choose to just sit there like a lot of people did at the West Seattle Trader Joe's, or you could be that one person that gives a little bit of, a, of an advantage to everyone else around you in the case you of know like, you know, someone with a gun. Before, I mean, when 1911 hit, when, when, you know, not, not 1911, I'm sorry, when 911 hit, I was in Pennsylvania. I had just completed teaching at a bodyguard course, uh, school, and mm-hmm. I was supposed to fly home. I was supposed to be on that flight to L.A., and I always, Man. always have a ceramic knife on me, always. Mm-hmm. It's either in the form of a credit card or, at that time, before they did serious checks, I had it wrapped around my neck. I have, mm-hmm. I have several ceramic knives that, you know, go right through metal detectors before they right. came up with wow. those new machines. So yeah. I, I, something just told me not to go home on that flight. So I listened to that voice, and I didn't go. And then, of course, you know, I'm awakened by everybody screaming and yelling to come look at the TV and watch. I'm watching the second tower being hit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as the news goes on, and I'm realizing that the flight that I was supposed to be on was the flight where everybody is discussing, wow. you know, what to do and how to do it. And, you know, all these people died, and I think I could have made a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I went with I went with what I was felt was right at that time was not to take that flight home. That's right. trippy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You Isn't know, and I'll, I'll I'll forever think I could have made a difference. I could have done something, but obviously I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Point being, Fate. John, is that you know. Point being is that you know, she, you know, she listened to you know what her guides say, right? And you know, mm-hmm. that, and that's just something that we're we're trying to tell you. You got to listen down deep to what you feel is right to do at that time, and you got to know the difference between am I doing this for no notoriety or am I doing this because this is right? Because some people will do it for notoriety, and I know you. You would do it for because you know it's the right mm-hmm. thing to do. The right thing to do. You could have made yeah, right. and I, that you could have made the difference. So if you know if God forbid something like that ever happened. 
and your heart says, I'm going to do something and it's the right time, then do it. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a sword, you know, in the car with you or if you have a, a, a pool cue, a beer bottle. You shouldn't have a beer bottle in the car, but you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, you'll, you'll, you're, you'll find a way you know, to, to do what's right when it happens. And, you know, and I thought the same thing too, you know, when I saw this post about this poor lady getting robbed in the middle of the, you know, Trader Joe's, which is just down the road from me. Right. And, you know, and I, you know, and I was like, Oh, you know, I should go get some wasabi teas. I was literally going to go there and I just ended up passing it. And then I saw the timestamp on that post and it was literally like 10 minutes after I had left. I would have been wow. in the parking lot, right? And I'm like, well, so yeah. much for my wasabi peas. And it's like, <laughs> you know, you know, so when Kat was telling me that, telling us that story about that plane, I thought, oh my God, you know, I just right down the road for me. I can throw a rock at it. You know, I, you know, could I have made a difference? When I saw that post, it upset me in a way that no one did anything. However, you know, I do. I do understand why some people chose not to, you know, um, could be, you know, just their perception of what was going on. Who knows what it was? I mean, come on. But, I'm, I'm sorry, Sam, but how, how can somebody just be looking and someone's going, help me, help me, help me, mom, help me. Well, why, like, why, do oh, people, uh... why do people like scream world star and just film a fight? And put it up on the internet. It, you know, it, it, for some people, it's kind of the same thing. For some people, well, it's like the deer in headlights. They don't know what to do. You have yeah. to know so, that, that watching watching um, fights, watching lions um, eating human beings. Who, I mean, this goes dates way, way, way back, back to the Roman times. Mm-hmm. And there's this morbid fascination of watching violence and getting mm-hmm. off on it, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's it, it's been going on for a very long time. I mean, people watch boxing. They watch MMA. They watch Muay Thai kickboxing. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very violent sport. It's a sport, but it's still very violent. It's two people literally beating on each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, how can somebody do that? Well, we do it all the time. All the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we pay, and we pay money. We buy tickets to watch it. So yeah, <laughs> is is that any different? You know, I mean, you you got to ask yourself: these people who are in the sport of MMA and boxing and Muay Thai kickboxing, they're they're agreeing to exactly combat with each other in that in that form in that arena with those set of rules. But out in the street, that's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. However, because people do have this morbid fascination for violence, they love to watch that sort of thing. And by the <laughs> way, it's free. And yeah, by the way, exactly. it's free. Yeah. I love how you use the word morbid. It is disturbing. It's morbid. I just want to live on a planet where, you know, zen. I want to be everything to be zen, but I know that's not reality, you know, so. Well, you got to understand well, anyways, that your reality to... is what you make it. Your perception is what yeah. your reality, period. Your perception that's, yeah, is that's, your reality. That's zen. That's Zen for you, yeah. That's, that's, that's your a Zen. very uh, principle that I've been living by for years. I used to study esoteric magic when I was younger, and that's like the first thing that's instilled in you is like you manifest mm-hmm. your reality. So I'm constantly well, always thinking. Uh, yes. No, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Please. Oh no, Please. I there's always a bit of a delay over phones and stuff, so I have a tendency to talk over people. Please, Kathy, what were you <laughs> going to ask? You mentioned earlier that you live in fear. 
Is that yeah. the end? No, I know, but I, I have a heart because I suffer from uh, PTSD a bit because I was jumped when I was younger. And it's like, I agree with you about what you just asked. No, it's not Zen, but I have a, I'm not, well, <laughs> you know, I'm no Zen master. I was just making no, the point that. No, I'm not that, saying that. But what I'm trying to say is people who live in fear, they are oftentimes frozen when something occurs, you find you you say that you're you're a martial artist. Embrace that, and and know that there are sheepdogs out there and there are wolves out there. The sheepdog can still easily kill the sheep and eat them, but they choose not to. They choose to mm-hmm. protect instead. They have the same the same. They have claws and they have teeth and they have the the willingness, if they want to, to kill the sheep and eat it. But they choose not to. Remember that they choose not to. They have free will. So the wolf says, hey, fuck you. I'm eating this sheep. I'm hungry. And, <laughs> you know, their natural instincts kick in. Doesn't mean they're uh-huh. bad or evil. Remember, your perception is your reality. So taking the approach uh-huh. of, of walking every day and looking in fear, being paranoid. I mean, I had an instructor who told me a little bit paranoid is a whole lot better than a little bit dead. So, you know, there is that. Be aware, but mm-hmm. don't live in, you don't have to live in fear. I feel like the nope. fear is, it heightens as there's more, more gun violence, more stabbings, more thievery. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live out in Black Diamond, so I don't really well, go it's into it's not going to end. It's not going to stop. Exactly. Soon. You know, mm-hmm. it starts with you. It starts with Rosita. It starts with myself. It starts with Bob, who's on the radio with us. It starts with yourself. And mm-hmm. your... Your perception and your reality and the way you treat everybody is going to have a ripple effect. It has no choice because when you affect one person, that one person affects somebody else, and that, that person affects another person, and it goes on and on and on. That's the ripple mm-hmm. effect. So instead of living in fear, stop and go, okay, I see all this going on in the world, but it doesn't have to be with me. I don't have to live in fear. I instead... I'm aware, and I have my martial arts capabilities, and I can stop fights when I choose to and I need to, and I'm in the right situation, but I don't have to live in fear. I can mm-hmm. choose to be kind. I can afford to be very kind because, you know, I'm, I have no qualms about sticking my finger knuckle deep in some guy's eye. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. However, me either. Like, people ask me, oh, you carry a sword around, but could you really cut somebody down? And I'm like, if they were bad, no problem. I would feel right. no remorse. Like, Mm-hmm. Which you know, uh, well, that's another thing. People who aren't martial artists, I found they don't they don't really understand that. You know, like if somebody takes a life that isn't a martial artist, I pers- I feel that they don't have the understanding that we do, or or it's not an understanding. It's more of an energy that we're able to. I don't really know how to describe it. Uh, not saying that there's no remorse under- necessarily, but. You've got to understand, mm, it's not that. about being a martial artist. Who have, exactly. It's not just martial artists who have this aspect and this yeah. perspective. It's every good person out there. It's the good people out there. And there are tons of them, millions well, of them. But what I, meant, what I meant was, Kathy, let's say the good mom across the street, robbers break into their house, the husband's not there, she picks up the 12-gauge, blows them away. She didn't know, she, the warrior came out to her, but She's not been trained for combat ever, really. She's not been prepared for combat. Now she's taken right. a life. Right, right. So 
And she's that protecting her point. children. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, see, yeah. you know, John, you know, we can train, you know, martial arts, uh, you know, in a dojo for years, not be in a violent situation. And that one, that first time that you're in a violent situation, it, you're in that situ- same situation as the mom. The only difference is, is that you have training, right? But inherently, though, if you defend yourself that first time, or whether or not it's the mom that defends her child and her family, you know, it's still that, that, that sense of, I guess, goodness, that sense of protectiveness, that sense of self-preservation that kicks in. It's not whether or not you're a martial artist, you know, will the mom understand the same things after the, the event as the martial artist would? Yes, she will. Um, you know, and, and the only reason why I know this is my, my sister who um, quit martial arts, you know, not long after um, she was attacked and um, let's just say she was attacked. Okay. And she felt the exact, she went through the exact same things I did when I got, when I went through my first self-protection thing. And, you know, she only had like a year's worth of training. She wasn't like an expert, quote unquote, you know, with, you know, five years experience or anything like that. But she understood what she had to do to not be hurt anymore. She understood that she had to make a choice. I understood what I had to do to not be hurt anymore. I had to understand that I had to make a choice. And we, we both felt and, and understood the same thing. So what, is it a, a martial art thing? You know, um, mm, well, I, I, not I really. I was, I have, <laughs> I'm kind of dyslexic, I guess. I always have trouble expressing what I mean. You've seen that. And it's like, uh, I mean to say like the energy of, of hurting another, you guys were talking, well, you two were talking about it earlier, uh, about when you hurt somebody, you know, like you have to be prepared to do that. Right. And I think mm-hmm. it's a point that not having that, that martial training to, let's just be frank. We, it's, I mean, martial arts are art of death. Not only is it beautiful to practice and perform, but if you're using your art against another person, it's not to make them feel good. So, well, I mean, of sorry, course. I know Senpai, you, well, uh, you know, some things that are martial probably and energy working and stuff, but right. like Qigong and stuff. But I, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, Southern fist to the face is not, you know, that's to hurt them. So, yeah, I feel like not only that, you have to, to be willing and understanding that that's okay. Because yeah. if, if they're willing to cross the line, you have to be willing to cross the line. The mother was mm-hmm. perfectly willing to pick up the shotgun and blow the man away. Because she knew yeah. that that would kill him. She knew that that would end the abuse or the attack on her and her children. She knew that. She interested mm-hmm. But the did. energy of taking a life or hurting another and carrying it with you is what I mean. As a martial artist, especially practicing a wushu or qigong, you're able to, because I've been in situations like you two or Bob, if he's still here. Uh, yeah, he's here. You know, where that flight or flight reaction feeling happens and you got to make a you know, choice in that moment immediately. Right. 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 Like, but what, but after it happens, I personally get, you know, shaky and only Qigong will like alleviate that truly like no drugs, nothing, just pure meditation yeah, or Qigong. 
Right. Physiologically, what's happening is that you're getting a big adrenaline jump. You, dunk, uh-huh. jump. I mean, you've had so much adrenaline pumping through your system that afterwards, that's often that's oftentimes how people feel. Very shaky, and sometimes they cry, and sometimes they're just going to a depression afterwards. But it's just the physiologically what's happening chemically in your body. Um, on an emotional level, that's different. You, know, you can. Yeah. The most important thing is to accept that. That is what you did at the moment, and that was the right thing to do at that moment. And accept it, right. and wow. understand it, and forgive forgive yourself for it. <laughs> that just uh-huh. reminds me of like um, I don't know. I was kind of apocalyptic, Kathy. I don't know, <laughs> just like because the apocalypse <laughs> you're gonna have to do what you gotta do, right? I mean, it's like right. So. Well, hey, I don't uh-huh. wanna I don't wanna take up any more any more of your your time, seafood. So oh, no. I uh, sure. I really appreciate. You can you I can really hang out. That's the all talk, good. Though. Because like mm-hmm. I was saying, I do, I like perpetually, I, I know that what I, I'm like a magnet, what I, I attract comes to me. So I really, when I say I go out and I'm in fear, I'm not like constantly thinking somebody's going to get out with a gun or you know, someone's going to get out with this or that. But I'm just, I feel the fear and the adrenaline in the back that is pushing me to be more alert than anybody around me. And I'm, I'm not I, sure if that'll ever go away. Like, May I it, say one goes, thing? Yes, please. One thing, as long as you believe that that is what's going to happen, it will. Mm-hmm. The more you focus on that happening, yeah. it will. The more you believe it, it will. See, I don't Just believe understand it. that I don't it doesn't have it. to be that way. I, I, yeah, I'm more of, what, but, so but if, even if you don't believe it, like, for example, if it's not on your mind, you know, and you're not believing it, well, and it still happens. Like, it's too late. You've already I, admitted that you believe that it's going to happen. You worry about it happening. You, you're you're uh-huh. afraid that it's going to happen. And guess what? It's going to happen. So you have to retrain your thinking at that point and develop different habits. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, for example, I was just saying, like, somebody who's not afraid of their car being stolen. Like, I totally agree with you what you believe in happens. But why do things happen to people when they don't believe in it or they're not afraid of it would be the good question. Maybe it's an opportunity for them to learn to love unconditionally. <laughs> I'll yeah. throw that one out there. <laughs> no, that's, hmm. that, that's a good one. Or, or karma's a bitch. I don't know. Yeah, there, karma. I, I don't have the answer but, for all of that. But what I do know yeah. is things happen, and your perspective is what makes it great or makes it horrible. It's your right. perspective. Yep. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I – like I'm driving a car right now that I'm just using this as an example. I'm driving a car right now where I don't care if somebody steals it. Right. Um, however, okay. When I was driving a nice sports car, I was afraid of someone stealing it. Now, why was that? It had, I had insurance. <laughs> okay. I mean, this, this applies. I had insurance. I had an alarm. Right. So if it got stolen, insurance would take care of it. If, you know, if somebody, if a hit and run driver hit it, insurance would take care of it. You know, why was, why was I afraid of getting, of it getting stolen? Well, it, you know, back then it was a matter of, you know, attachment, right? I was too attached to the fear. Yeah. I was too too attached to that fear. Yeah, go ahead. Not only were you attached to the fear, you were attached to the object. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And how this applies to what what you're talking about, John, you know, I mean, Kat said it best. I mean, things happen. If somebody, you know, somebody steals your car, well, you know, you have insurance, you've got this, you've got that. Hey, you know, you can get a new car. 
it, it, it all depends on how you look at it. But if you go, oh, shit, somebody stole my car. Now, how the hell am I going to get to work? I'm fucked. I can't get to work. Well, then guess what? You know, that's going to be your life. You're not going to get to work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's true. Right? That's going to well, be your reality. I, you know, honestly, I, I guess I kind of uh, forgot about this for a couple of years because I've been kind of distracted, but I completely agree with both of you. And Say what? No, I was going to say, you know, it does happen. We let our egos get in the way and we forget. And then we, then we come around again and we go, oh, yeah, okay, this is a good reminder. Thank you. And then you make a conscious decision to adjust the way you think. And, mm-hmm. and then the changes begin. Exactly. Yes, I, I agree. There's no doubt that there was okay. a very specific reason you were supposed to get on the radio with us today. Mm-hmm. Well, I I noticed uh, Senpai was uh, doing to discuss self-defense, and I thought, well, gee, this is a perfect time for me to call in and get advice about my fear of getting shot at from across the street. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, know? Mm-hmm. you know what? If you get shot at from across the street, you either die or you don't, but it's going to happen. I mean, it could happen. I'm just like saying. When, if it happens, yeah, it, it could happen. It could happen. Being afraid about it isn't going to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe I'm more afraid of the people around me. I, I should be more blunt. I'm more afraid of people around me getting hurt. I am very Edo, period. I'm ready to die for honor. But it's like the people around me, uh, like my mom or my brother or Whoever, I know, you know, but I guess you, I just... you have zero control over that. The only thing you have control over is you and what you think and your perspective. That's it. You only mm-hmm. have control over you and what you do and how it affects mm-hmm. others. That's what you can control. Yep. Yep. Bringing the, mm. bringing the scenarios into play will, you know, sometimes will feed fear. You know, it'll turn a what if into when will it. You know what I mean? And... Like Kat says, you know, what I would say and what Bob would say is you don't have control over who is going to shoot at you from across the street or who is going to hit you in your car or, who, you know, whatever. We don't have that control. You know, we have to be able to control our response to it, our reaction or our ability to be aware, hopefully, to to like maybe you know nip it in the bud before it happens who knows you know but if you can control that then there you go hmm. Hmm. back to cool. free your mind and your ass will follow <laughs> exactly <laughs> free your mind free your mind I was, I was laughing earlier when you were talking about Rainier like that four blocks you were talking about is rough I think yeah. it's probably one of the dangerous most dangerous places in Seattle other than some it's, places it's, on Aurora but it's a rough day or night, you know, yeah, but as long as you're and going, I, as long as you're going 30 miles an hour, you're, everything's great. But I was at a stoplight and, you know, if there uh-oh. was one thing I, yeah, if there was one thing I learned, you know, living in that area, it's like, you know, just, you know, just sit there like it ain't nothing but a thing. Right. But if you're sitting there and you roll <laughs> up your windows and, you know, you lower your radio or whatever, then you draw attention to yourself in that part of, in that part of town. So if you just kind of like yeah. hang out like ain't nothing but a thing, you know, no one's going to notice you. But, you know, those kids that were that were screaming at each other at the side of the road, it just it, it was surprising that, uh, you know, that they were ready to go to blows just because somebody mugged them wrong. Right. You know, and it was like, yeah. wow, you know, 
the whole like what's self-defense right. and what's not what's defending yourself and defending your ego and you know that you know and i thought to myself wow you know good thing we're talking about self-defense this weekend and because you know, <laughs> <laughs> the misunderstanding sometimes is, is you know what makes people react the way they do so yeah like it's scary you can look at someone the wrong way and and that could be the end of your life. And you didn't even look at them the wrong way. You were just looking in the direction at a bird. And they're like, oh, you look at me the wrong way? You know, it's like, <laughs> I wasn't yeah. even looking at you. And then, <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, you I know, and crazy. some people are like that. And, you know, how you react. But you know, but you know what? What's important to understand about that whole situation is that let's say you're looking across the street at a bird, happens to be sitting on a light post, and the guy thinks you're looking at him, and he goes, what the fuck you looking at? You looking at me, you fucking dickhead? And then he pulls it again and yeah. he shoots you and you die. And exactly. it's your time to go. And so be it. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Whoa. I would have told oh. him I'm not Whoa. looking at you. <laughs> Hi, puppies. Hi, puppy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Hi, puppy. Sounds like a big puppy, too. Yeah, sorry. Um, two, two puppies. Yeah, sorry. Oh. They, uh, somebody came, came to the door. So oh, that's quite all right. We like puppies. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that some of what, you know, we had all told you kind of gives you something to chew on. Chew on. Um, yeah. Because, you know, like I said, I, I, I know you to be that person that makes the right choice. However, you know, like we say, you know, to live in fear will take, will take some of your life away. So... You know, just do what you do, train hard, you know, and, you know, just know that, you know, you're training for, you're training for whatever reason that you have in your heart. So there you go, man. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to keep listening and, uh, okay. yeah, I look forward to it. Do Yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to go ahead and mute your mic. And uh, if you want to chime in on something, just catch me on Facebook and say that you want to chime in because I'm not going to know oh, <laughs> on my board. Right. Okay. I'll just keep all right. The so call I'm going to meet you. Okay. Great. It looks all like right. we have we a have... Skype caller. Yeah, someone on Skype or on Facebook, uh, Facebook uh, calling. So let's uh, let's take this chat. Uh, it says area code one 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 one. You're on Dynamic Dojo. Oh, no, no, no. Who's calling from Wait Skype or Facebook? Hello? Hi, my name's Joeine. How are you Hi, today? Hi, Joey. Really good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I was just good. calling to find out uh, is, how, when, like with a small child, when would you recommend uh, getting that child into self-defense to teach them how to protect themselves and discipline and all that stuff. Is there too young of an age? No, I don't question. think that's a great question. Go ahead, I Kat. think that we'll anybody can start training at any age. I mean, I've seen children start and uh, as early as one year old because oh, wow. you know, at that time, what they're learning is just colors, coordination, things like that. And then as they get a little older and a little more coordinated, a little more, their attention span is a little sharper, then you can start teaching them more. But, you know, typically schools start kids at five years old. But honestly, I believe the younger the better. Yeah. Yeah. I teach, uh, I teach a class that is comprised of uh, three- and four-year-olds. Um, specifically oh, wow. for coordination and for recognition of 
uh, body language and, mm-hmm. and recognition of, you know, who is a good adult to go to for help, you know, because, you know, the whole stranger danger thing, you know, how sometimes we'll tell kids, you know, don't talk to strangers. Well, sometimes you have to because there are good strangers and they're bad strangers. And, you know, so we teach stuff like that. We teach them how to move their bodies in certain ways. Um, and they do learn that even when they're in the bassinet. I had a student uh, at one time that uh, re- that had a, had a child. And because he wanted to come to class, I, I would say, oh, we'll just bring bring a leak in his bassinet and we'll all pitch in and we'll watch him. He'll never be alone. Right. So the, the whole school pitched in to watch little elite. He was in his bassinet and he would just sit there and watch. But you could see his little hands balled into fists and he would try and imitate what we would be doing. Right. And then, right. you know, four years later, the two and a half years later. Right. Uh, my student says, I'd like to get a leak into classes. I said, oh, OK, bring him into the tiny tigers class. And the second he stepped into Tiger t- Tiny Tiger's class, he knew what horse stance was. He knew how to punch. He knew how to kick. I didn't have to teach him that because he, wow. he absorbed it. He absorbed right. it without doing yeah, many, it. Many times parents bring their kids and they just prop them in the corner while the parent trains and the baby mm-hmm. watches. And I've seen that happen many times. And, you know, sometimes martial arts isn't for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And neither are contact sports. But, you know, if the child is having a good time and they're learning and they're enjoying themselves, then they'll learn more. They'll learn, mm-hmm. they'll enjoy what they're doing. So it's all about the instructor, not necessarily what is being taught, uh, not necessarily as far as the specific art, but mm-hmm. if the message is always, you know, be understanding, be loving, be accepting, be caring, um, and, you know, train hard and be disciplined, that sort of thing, then the kid will have a great time, especially if they're having mm-hmm. fun. Exactly. My my advice yes. is if you want to get your child into a type of class, um, do ask if they offer a trial lesson or two um, okay. and stay to watch the class. Um, talk with the instructors. Talk with some of the other parents that are in the waiting room also. Ask, you know, ask them questions like, how long has your child been here? You know, do they like it? Um, and um, just and watch the teacher. And if you feel like like you like you resonate with the school and the child likes the kids and the teacher and stuff, then regardless of art, like Kathy says, then give it a shot. Because, you know, the kids, if they are enjoying it, will absorb like sponges like uber sponges um other <laughs> advice bob no that that was great ne- never uh if, if the instructor doesn't offer a, a free trial class or anything if you feel anything's wrong at all if they won't let you watch yeah that may not be the right place for you exactly okay definitely well thank you, you. Know, you're, welcome. you're welcome thanks for calling yeah. joey Thank you. Right on. Have a good day. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. 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 That was a great question. Um, now yeah, speaking that was about, a great question. Yeah. Now, speaking about children, um, that was a great question about how young uh, people uh, can start. Um, last month, uh, Bob and I were talking to Kumu Michelle Manu, and we were briefly talking about, um, you know, why – some youth today kind of poo-poo 
um, self-defense courses or, or martial arts in general and how, you know, sometimes women will kind of, kind of not be interested in the self-defense, even though they say that they think it's a good thing. Um, and I guess, you know, one thing that I was wondering about is, wow, you know, I know that, you know, kids can be kids and they have their own interests and stuff like that. Um, but I remember when I was coming up in the martial arts, every kid wanted to be, you know, in martial arts. And now, you know, I don't see very many kids that actively want to. Well, you know, what do you, what are your guys' thoughts on that, Bob? You know, when we were when we were kids, Rusty, there wasn't a whole lot out there. You know, there was three TV channels. You were your father's <laughs> remote control. You rode your bike. You played outside. Now there's phones, iPads, tablets, computers, da da da, video games. Those are those are what holds the kids' interest nowadays. Not the physical activity mm. that we were exposed to because there's nothing else out there. That's a good point, Bob. That's a good point. What do you think, Bob? I mean, do you think that all kids should? learn a little bit of self-defense. That's the other part of the question. Absolutely. With the right mindset. The reason mm-hmm. I say it that way is I won't, I would not want to teach a bully martial arts. Mm-hmm. Right. Good point. You know, if, you know, cause, or teach a, ki- a nice kid martial arts, then ends up being a bully. Oh, Okay. That you know ends up being I mean? a bully because they know martial arts? That's right. Mm. It's a final yeah, I agree it's... with it. I think it should be part of school of, of a school curriculum in, in essence, yes. Mm-hmm. As long as what it's controlled thoughts? and they know not to use it. Right. What are your thoughts on that, Kat? Uh <clears throat> you know, there are there are schools that um and, and colleges that offer those types of programs. Um, mm-hmm. yes. but, you know, he's right. You have to have the right mindset. You can't, you can't go into martial arts thinking I'm going to beat people up or I'm going to. Right. I mean, sometimes, sometimes we know kids get into martial arts because there is somebody who's bullying them mm-hmm. and, and picking on them. So their parents say, all right, I'm going to take you into a school and teach you martial arts. And the sad thing is the parent expects something to happen right now, but the kids, kids understand that once if they're in the class for a little while, that it's going to take a bit of time. Right. Um, for schools to offer self-defense, I, I can see it if it's presented in a way like soccer would be presented as an option or right. tennis or football or baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's right. You have to have the right mindset when you're doing the class. Should it be offered? Yep. I, I think it's I think it's a great idea to have it offered. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, I, you know, it's yeah. it's it goes back to an, an armed I mean, you walk into Arizona, which is a right to carry state and everybody's not everybody, but people are allowed to wear their gun on their hip and you know what? It's a very civilized state. Mhm. Yep. Right? Exactly. Why mess around with someone because when you can see that they're carrying a carrying a nine millimeter, right? <laughs> pre- precisely. 
I mean, if yeah. they've got it, you know, H and K in their on their hip and and it's fully loaded and ready to go, cocked and locked, and come on, are you going to mess with that person? No, of course right. not. So it's a more it's a much more civilized state mm-hmm. for that reason. So if everybody, yep. if you walk down the street, you have no idea what this person knows. Does this person know how to defend themselves? Does this person know how to take away a gun away or a knife away? Do they know how to do that? I mean, if if potentially everyone did there would be much fewer attacks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, at the, I work at a school uh, during the day. Um, I'm part of the faculty, and I actually teach a part of their curriculum. I teach uh, uh, martial arts as part of their curriculum. It's, it's just like any other class, and it's graded, right? Yeah. And yep. um, 15 years ago, it was an, it, kind of an experimental thing. Because uh, they work with the Morningside method, it's a, just a different, uh, uh, a different uh, way of teaching and stuff. And uh, um, they thought, hey, you know, martial arts and movement can stimulate the brain, can stimulate learning, you know, that kind of thing, um, social interaction and stuff like that. So, 15 years ago, they brought me on, and I thought, well, this is an interesting teaching method you know let's try it so I modified my my personal curriculum here at the studio to the Morningside method and um, they knew it was graded they knew the half the kids didn't know you know what you know wushu or kajukembo was in the, uh, at all whereas some kids did know from previous uh, martial arts experience but I found that you know the more that I taught them and the more years they stayed at Morningside, the less, the, the less that they would pick fights and end up, you know, being a bully. Now, would there be, you know, uh, you know, kids joshing around with each other and, you know, doing the kids, you know, teasing, you know, uh, where it's, a, you know, acceptable teasing, that kind of stuff, of course, you know, there's that. But as far as like being a bully inside or outside, it just didn't, happen because you know something about that school you know made it made it uh made it clear that that what they were learning could hurt people and you know what could they do to to stop a uh uh to stop a conflict before they have to resort to the martial arts and i and i thought that was really cool and i thought you know why don't all elementary schools, you know, incorporate some kind of a self-defense or martial arts program? Uh, but like you said, it has to be with the right the, – the kids going into it have to have the right mindset, and the school has to offer it with the, with the right mindset. Um, so I, well, I agree. Well, let's take that a step further. The instructor has, the right, has to have the right mindset, and the parents who are raising the kids have to have the right mindset. And there's so many factors exactly. that come into play there. Right? Yeah. So it goes exactly. more than that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So I, you know, I was, that was just something I was wondering about. You know, why? You know, why do? Why do kids sometimes? You know, poo-poo self-defense classes like, oh, I don't need it. You know, um, or well, in the case of some women that Michelle was talking about, I have a gun, so I don't need a self-defense class. Um, well, no, and it's no I got to hear Cal, Calvin's thoughts on that. Yeah. Okay. 
Please. Are they willing to? Are they willing to pull that gun out, point it at someone, and shoot them? Someone and shoot them. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's no reason to pull it out if you're not going to shoot them. Mm-hmm. You don't use it as a threatening tool. That's useless. If you're not yeah. willing to shoot them, then don't pull it out. Don't point it at them. I mean, that's a cardinal rule in in any kind of shooting. Right. Do not point your gun at anything you're not willing to kill or destroy, period. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Bob, your but thoughts Kathy, on that women. realm, how, how long do you think it would take them to get to that gun in a self-defense situation? It all depends Good on question. how they're carrying it. If they've yeah. got those purses that are designed to carry concealed weapons, and you can get to it quickly. Well, but, you know, listen, listen. If it's buried in your purse or in, in, your purse, in a different yeah. compartment, even if it's in a zippered compartment, do you have the time to unzip it and pull it out? Maybe, maybe not. Exactly. Generally, no. So, you know, does it help to have martial arts training? You can always take that purse and whack them across the face with it. But, you know, do you have the presence of mind to do that? Right. Are you, have you been That's trained to do that? Are you kind of, yeah. Right. Exactly. And those are all good things to all good things to consider, and that's uh, you know, and you know that's why I, uh, you know, I was thinking about that. I'm like, wow, you know, there there are women out there that think, oh, I have a gun, I don't need a self defense, you know, course or whatever. But then I then I thought, well, the exact same thing you were talking about, Kathy. Are they going to be okay. are they willing to commit to shooting someone and possibly killing someone? Are they willing to, as opposed to, get back? I have a gun, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, you know, have they been trained well, you know with what? that weapon also? I, what, what can prevent a lot of that is awareness. Being exactly. aware of your surrounding uh-huh. situational awareness, understand, be able to read body language, know who's around mm-hmm. you, know what is around you. And, you know, in that case, that can get you out of, you know, 90% of damage. 90%. Right. It can get you out mm-hmm. If you're not aware, if you're busy on your phone, you're texting somebody or you're chit-chatting about, you know, the date you're going to have that night, you're not aware of the fact that you parked next to a a van and the guys are getting out of the van and (laughs) and converging on you. Yeah. Yeah, guess what? It's Mm -hmm. too late. Exactly. Exactly. Very cool. You know, well, as they say, you know, self-defense is, is, is well, one of my teachers said, you know, self-defense and self-protection, it's a multidimensional spectrum, my teacher uh, says. And, you know, seeing by what we were talking about tonight, it's true. There is no, like, you know, one, you know, you know universal whatever rule to self-defense because, you know, um, all the stuff that John was talking to us about, all the points that we were talking about that have, you know, so many, you know, uh, uh, multidimensional spectrums, that kind of thing. It, you know, this, this subject can go on. We, you know, we can have, I'm pretty sure we could have like eight shows on self-defense and still not be done. Because <laughs> I'm sure we can. Yeah, you know, and but but I do believe that it's it's a subject that you know really needs to be addressed because you know this day and age there is a lot of uh, of concentration on on the sport aspect of it, the MMA and stuff, um, which I completely love. I love MMA. I love watching you know Muay Thai and stuff like that. 
Um, you know, and then there's always the, you know, the battles on the, on the uh, online forums about, you know, you know, would MMA be really good for self-defense and stuff? I, I don't get into that kind of stuff, but, you know, I, I do think it's a subject that, uh, that this show, you know, could touch on a little more frequently in that aspect. So, uh, with that said, we only have a few minutes left to our show. Where did all the time go, you guys? <laughs> Where, I don't know. You know, you know, Claudia Lopez just sent me a message telling me what a great topic we're on right now. Oh, thanks, Claudia. Right on. Send oh, her a thumbs up for awesome. me. Yeah, send her a thumbs up for me. And uh, um, But definitely, you know, I'd, I'd like to uh, revisit this uh, uh, this subject again. Um, somewhere, you know, down the road and stuff like that. But yeah, I've, I've looked at the clock and went, what? It's like eight already. What happened? <laughs> Time sure flies when we're having fun, aren't we? Right on. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Now, um, before we go, um, let's get some last thoughts about self-defense from Bob and Kathy. Let's start with Bob. You broke Anything. up really bad, but I did get the gist. Uh, okay. I had to check and make sure I wasn't on mute. Uh, okay. Well, what Kathy said about awareness, I feel, mm-hmm. is absolutely the most crucial, the first step to any self-defense program. Mm-hmm. Knowing your surroundings, knowing where to park, knowing how to park. That, that That's the physical. That transcends the physical, in my yes. opinion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can, you can cool. teach anybody to punch a kick, but it's hard to tell them how to do it from step A to step Z. Now, we didn't touch on something that Kathy touched on a little bit, which oh, let's is touch on it. aftermath. Oh, Nobody yes, teaches yes, yes, the yes, yes. aftermath of self-protection or self-defense. What yes. do you do? How do you talk to the police? Because there are certain things, because we never touched on use of force. What does right. the police want to see? want to hear they want to hear what you saw what happened how you felt and what and based on how you felt how you reacted and how do you deal with the police and how do you deal with the emotional content you're going to have after you just maimed exactly. this person or shot exactly. him or stabbed him to protect your own life exactly and that was that was on our notes for tonight was to talk about use of force and the physiological and the psychological uh, effects of being in a combat situation, um, you know, because when you get down to the brass tacks, it's a combat situation. A lot of uh, a lot of military people might say, "Oh, well, you know, you just got attacked on the street. That's not real combat." Physiologically and mentally, it is in my book, you know. But um, but you know, those are some things that uh, I'd like to touch on on another episode. Because that's important, you know, the whole, like, you know, punch, kick, techniques, how to do this, how to do that, that kind of thing. That's, that's physical, that's mental, that's, that's, that's awesome, and definitely awareness is a big thing. But, you know, I'd really like to, in a, uh, another episode, to touch on the after effects. Um, okay. So I think well, we should do that in another couple months or something. Awesome. I will, um, yeah. I will take lots of notes and be prepared. Cool. I will too, because, you know, I mean, I, I can only speak from like 
you know, experiences that I've had. I know you can speak from experiences that you've had. I know Bob can. Um, but, you know, I'd like to get some other people, you know, on the line with us on that next episode that we do about self-defense and hear from them and hear about their emotions and stuff. And, and um, You do know who would be a good show. guest for that week, don't you, Rusty? Greg Waldridge? Yep. Yes, Greg Waldridge would be awesome. I would love to have yeah. him on. Yeah, well, okay, let's do it. Bob, get a hold of get a hold of Greg. I'd love to see if Greg again. Bob, if you can't get a hold of him, I can. Oh no, no, yeah, no problem. We, we go back 20, 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Bob will oh, get okay, a hold great. of him. I I can't I can't wait to hear back from him. It, it's been like at least a few months since we've had him on the show last. And you know, uh, Soke Greg, you know, has like talked um, at length about. Um, uh, similar things like that about the mindset of a warrior, about the mindset of of, of self protection, the mindset of combat, uh, and that's 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 stuff I think that people should hear. Um, but definitely, let's let's talk about the after effects. Um, but of, you know what? Um, to add, to, add what? to that, really quick, just really quick. Sure. To add to that. Yeah. In, in your average person, your martial artist, and your military person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. All of you get into an, uh, an altercation on two aspects, like the the professional athlete, sports fighter. Uh-huh. They, they know they're getting into battle, and they know they're and they know how they're going to battle. Um, yeah. The military person knows how they're going to battle, and they choose to go into battle. But the right. after effect is can also be ultimately the same if they're not used to it. If there's something that's new to them, and the first time they right. kill somebody. Or hurt somebody badly mm-hmm. can have the same right. effect on everyone. Exactly, exactly. Whether they're mentally be... prepared for it and didn't expect it or not. Yeah, exactly. So that that'll be a great episode to to touch on that. So we'll do that in uh, yes in another couple months uh, next time that you're free, Cat. If that sounds okay with you. Okay. That'd be great. Yeah, great. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so, so much, Cat, weeks. for joining two us weeks again. We got. We're we're seeing Kathy at Dragon Fest, right? Dragon Fest, two weeks. Next week, Michael Matsuda on the show. Awesome. Very cool. So next week, Michael Matsuda on the show, and that's uh, July 3rd. Did I get that right? And, of course, July, the weekend of July 9th, there will be no show, but keep your eyes on Facebook, folks, because we will be doing live broadcasts on Facebook Live live uh, video interviews and stuff like that. Uh, we'll see about, uh, possibly, I'm going to see if I can twist Kathy's arm about doing some interviews with some other people. I'm okay. twisting your arm now, Kat. Twisting arm. Okay, yeah, do it. Let's do it. <laughs> nice. Well, nice. Let's do it. And uh, let's have, uh, we're going to have a fun time, so no show that, that weekend, July 9th, but again, keep your eyes on the Facebook page, uh, Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio, and see those live interviews. All right. We are out, me and Kathy and Bob. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye now. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.